the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money investing, and much, much more. Friend of mine, Bill Rockefeller, and his wife, love the artist Thomas Kincaid. For their first anniversary on their first date, they picked up a limited edition of her favorite Kincaid painting. On the day they were married, he was in an expo in San Jose. They had him sign it. He did. He's a dead man. I was like, good for you. Your painting just went up in value. A lot of people don't think that's cool. But that's the way I see the world. You know, like uh, Fox has that little show, Touched, where the kid sees numbers and dad desperately tries to reach out to him. I see the world in a funny way. Okay, how funny? Tough to get all that excited about the stock market last week or this week. It's pretty ugly out there. Dow's down 135. NASDAQ down 42. SP 500 down to 18. Euro's up slightly. The dollar's down slightly. The 10-year Treasury sits at 2.03%. Remember last week the Fed started talking about well, maybe we're not going to ease anymore. Maybe we're not going to help you out. Maybe we don't have your back. Maybe the economy's going to get better. We don't need us. That caused the market to pull back last week. Now stocks are sliding today. A little bit of a hiring slump that we found out on Friday, although it was good Friday. And happy good Friday to you. I hope you all had a good holiday weekend, whether you celebrate the Easter holiday as a religion or as a Passage of spring. I know it can't be a holiday for everyone, so just enjoy it for what it is. Stocks pulled back sharply. Uh, The futures pulled back on Friday for the the markets, and then today they realized that. Losses are broad. The U.S. added just 120,000 jobs in March, about half the pace from December through February. The slowdown interrupted the strongest stretch of growth for jobs since the Great Recession. Had the market been open on Friday, we would have been down on Friday, and maybe not today. So, first quarter earnings 
are what we're going to start focusing in on right now. We're also going to start thinking it's an election year. In theory, there's no chance in hell that Obama could get reelected with these unemployment numbers. But that's just a theory. We don't know. AOL shot up 44% after the company agreed to sell hundreds of patents and patent applications to Microsoft for as little as $1 billion. Company plans to return some of the cash to shareholders. AOL, huge winner. Avon down 3%. Struggling beauty product company named a former executive Johnson Johnson as part of their new CEO. So the jobs number is a disappointment for sure. I was watching 60 Minutes last night. There's a big thing on Europe with the debt crisis. And there's no way these numbers are good. You know, when you see the jobs numbers, it's a bit of a problem. When you see Europe being talked about on 60 Minutes and you're saying, 60 Minutes, how influential is that? It's pretty influential in the middle part of America. So that's back in people's minds. It was a negative piece on Europe, basically saying, you know, it's going to hurt. It's going to get worse. So the stock market is going to start looking for the next thing. It's called headwinds. Where can it go to avoid getting crushed? If you're a sailor, you kind of know what a headwind is. Tomorrow we work with Alcoa. Expectations for the S&P 500 in aggregate to post an increase in only about 3% year-over-year in earnings growth. In the end, the reports tend to come in above expectations, but the first quarter gain will be lower than last year's 14% gain for all of 2011 in earnings, or 9% gain year-over-year for the fourth quarter of last year. So there's going to be some discussion. There's going to be some, did the market get ahead of itself? There's a problem with seasonality right now. SP 500 index is up 17.7% from two years ago. These gains were achieved despite the fact for April through August period in 2011, the market fell 11%. And in 2010, from April through August, the market fell 8.5%. There's a phrase on Wall Street, sell in May and go away. Basically, traders take the summer off to be with their families to do two-week-long beach vacations, three-week-long, <laughs> four-week-long getaways to the, you know, the mountains. So there is a little bit of seasonality that makes sense. But there's also a reality of if earnings come in better than expected or if there's something dramatic that changes in the political realm, you don't have to hold past expectations or past results is the right way of saying it in future expectations. So the market's entering a seasonal period. It's extremely difficult to say exactly what it's going to do, but there's a lot of anxiety. Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke does have a speech on schedule for today. The Atlanta's Fed's Financial Markets Conference doesn't come until 7.15 Eastern. So it's going to be a speech that we analyze really tomorrow. Yahoo shares could move up today. Investors reacted to reports the company may cut additional jobs on top of that 2,000 cut last week. 
Yeah, who's planning a meeting for its entire staff tomorrow to discuss their strategic plans. A lot of people on Wall Street like me who speculate business models would love to see them pick up Hulu. And then at least we know that for the next five years what they're trying to be. Hartford Financial is in the news today. CEO Liam McGee told the insurer's board he wanted to forego a bonus for 2011. Company shares fell 40% last year while their profit was down 61%. So he says, I don't deserve it. How often has that happened? Boeing beat out Airbus, delivering 137 jets to customers versus 131 for Airbus in the first quarter. Boeing hasn't beaten Airbus since 2002. So that's good news for the U.S.-based company. Research in motion, two more executives left over the weekend. Sony's out today. Reports are that they're going to cut 10,000 jobs or 6% of their workforce. Company's trying to stop a string of losses. AT&T has a strike thing going on. 40,000 employees remain on the job despite the fact their union contracts expired over the weekend. Talks are continuing with the CWA, the Communication Workers of America. Though the union had previously authorized a strike if no agreement was reached, they didn't strike. And Reedy's Ice Cream Holdings. Reedy's Ice Holdings. I put the cream in there subliminally in my head. They're holding a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Paper says that it's packaged. Uh, it's an ice maker. It's planning to give control to a hedge fund that holds the company's debt. So problems are rising there. This week, doing an event. Hopefully, you can make it out Thursday evening. Dinah's Garden Hotel in San Car- in, <laughs> in Palo Alto. I just made up a new location. It's going to be wealth preservation, retirement planning, how to reduce risk with diversification. How to put money in the market, how to pull money from the market. Both very big concepts in retirement. Portfolio structure, economic outlook. I'm going to go over my stocks that I hold. All questions on wealth preservation, retirement planning will be answered as best we can in three hours. You can get a chance to meet CFP Chad Burton, attorney Michelle Lerman. This is Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblack.com to sign up for that event. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So I'm taking a look at some of the stocks out there today and how they're doing, and it's it's pretty ugly. Yahoo, Apple, Groupon, Glaxo, JetBlue, General Motors, all lower. Research in Motion trading slightly higher, but they've had an awful year. They've had an awful 52 weeks. They've had an awful two years. So maybe someone's looking for some value. It's a pretty ugly day. We've got the Dow down 135, the NASDAQ down 39, the SP 500 down 17. This is tied towards Friday. The job reports only created half as many jobs as we expected them to. That was disappointing. But it's also tied towards a little bit of profit taking, time of year. Let's talk about some of the other things that it could possibly be tied towards. You know, why do we care? You know, why get caught up in this? Because it's conversational, number one. It makes you a smarter person. But number two, you really learn, like, why the market's moving the way it's moving. And for the record, someone sent me an email over the weekend 
And it just really, it, it, it scared me a little bit that someone that I know to be incredibly smart and intelligent is going to wealth preservations to become more of a successful millionaire. Kiyosaki, who's a guy I don't like in any way, shape, or form, his wife has organized a free rich woman webinar. And it's going to be why your financial life does not have to be at the mercy of the economy. How to prosper no matter what the economy is doing. And what concrete steps to take right now. It's rising time. It's time to take care of your financial dreams, your financial destiny. And when you see an intelligent person, you know, look into that and and not get it, it it's pretty tragic. Even when you're a novice, an amateur, a rookie, not a rookie, not a big guy from Star Wars, but a rookie in investing, people try to learn basic information. No, no, no. There, that's, there's such things as bad information. So be cautious on who you look to trust and how you play the game of investing because to get wealthy, it takes time. There's no online seminar. There's no come meet me and I'll teach you how to do it in one year, two years. It takes time. It takes getting a, a you know ten thousand to twenty thousand to fifty thousand to a hundred thousand, and then you can do it. I wish it was faster, but it's not. So what's going to control the stock market now? And no one has secrets to wealth. And if you study the wealthy, the way they do it is they, they're frugal, or they hit oil, or they inherit well. Or they start a business. In his last week, the SP 500 was down for the third time in the past 14 weeks. That's not very much, right? So, we're putting together more wins than losses. There's a lot of reasons to believe last week may have marked an end in the short term to the bullish trend, and now we got to deal with some issues. Let corporate America deal with some changes. Take a little bit of a pause. We just ran, you know, for the better part of three years, better part of six months straight. You know, the, the big news right now is that expectation for earnings have dropped significantly over the past couple of weeks. That's good because sluggish growth is still growth, but we're no longer expecting bullish growth. We know it's going to be more modest. We know the hiring took a modest turn. Now, that doesn't change our underlying optimism. It shouldn't change our underlying optimism about the economy. You know, one key support for optimism has always been you know, three straight monthly gains of over 200000 Is It's super positive. A little bit of reduced confidence is good. It kind of shakes out the weak players, and that's good, too. S&P 500 is up 17.7% in the past two years. Yet for the five months from April 1 through April 31st, 2010, the market was down 11%. Same thing happened in 2011. From April 1st to August 31st, the market was down 8.5%. So there's a pattern of terrible spring and summer months. And it doesn't feel good. So when you see the markets go from 1,200 to 1025 and then from 1350 to 1150 it amplifies fears in the weeks ahead 
You can hear a lot more bearish talks, U.S. federal deficit, European debt issues. Some warts will be discovered there. Spanish bond traders, uh, how do they look at the European issue? The end of Western civilization. Germany's strong enough to, to pull the weight of Europe for quite a while. Key fundamentals behind the bull market in the past three years have not changed in any way, shape, or form. Stocks represent outstanding value compared to bonds. It's called an earnings yield on stocks is high compared to historical averages and extremely high for the current rate environment. Seniors need to get some income. They can't get it from bonds and treasuries. Earnings growth may be single-digit compared to strong growth the past few years, but that should be enough to increase stock values by the end of the year. Now, what else? You know, downticks in the market typically give, you know, bears the chance to get on CNBC and say it's the beginning to the end. So there's some headline risk. Major financial sites uh, will play a role. You know, they'll say the, the position for stocks are bearish. And some people get spooked. So there's plenty of reasons to expect headwinds in the months ahead. Earnings growth slowdown, continued sluggish growth rather than a hopped up ramp up in GDP. Fundamentals haven't changed. The strong relative value of stocks still supports a long-term bullish view. Just like the past two summers when the bears got carried away. Fundamentals haven't changed. I'll let you know when they do. You know, for people who are risk-averse, you can take some precautionary measures right now, for sure. Adjustment to higher yield, high-quality stocks for more aggressive positions makes sense for portfolios if you're risk-averse. For long-term investors, any weakness this summer is going to prove an excellent buying opportunity, just like it did in each year of the past two years during the summer months. This is particularly true for those of us who max out the 401k, drum in our head. So don't get, don't lose faith. Stock sliding 1%, Wall Street reacts to a hiring slump on Friday. This is going to bring up another potential headwind down the road tied towards the election. Obama's going to say, don't you dare kick me out because I've started something good. Even though unemployment's higher than when he took office. He's saying things could go right. things are slowly growing the right direction. I inherited a horrible situation. It got worse on me. The truth is, I think a lot of people are just absolutely ten percent of Americans are absolutely freaked out about government spending. So I, you have to imagine he's going to lose that vote. But then it's going to come down to Republicans are going to vote Republicans, Democrats are going to vote Democrats, and how many swing states can he get? So setback in hirings, will it prove temporary for the U.S. economy? If we start seeing hiring pick right back up, people. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black, money. I'm Rob Black. Rocking up the same 
money investing in much much more what's your financial question issue thought where are you in terms of retirement preparedness these are issues that i want you to think about iran is start, getting ready to restart some nuclear talks that can go positive from where it is right now the U.S. and its European allies will press Iran for tangible action to curb its nuclear program. When talks with the government of Tehran restart later this week after a 15-month hiatus, nuclear negotiations between Iran and the five permanent U.N. Security Council members, plus Germany, will take place starting April 14th in Istanbul. The U.S. and its allies are seeking to avoid a repeat of the previous talks that happened when talks broke down after Iran demanded a lifting of UN sanctions as a condition for discussing anything. So that could go more positive than from back then. On the other side, North Korea appears to be ready in a nuclear weapons test for uh, a long-range rocket launch scheduled for as early as this week. North Korea has not made any official announcement about plans for a nuclear test. South Korea and the U.S. are using their joint surveillance system to closely monitor North Korea's long-range missile launch and it's nuclear test preparedness. Let's go to a phone call. CFP Chad Burton is online. How are you, Chad? Great, Rob. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for asking. You're in town this week to do the uh, Palo Alto Dinah's Garden Hotel event. You're a CFP. You're with New Focus Financial. It's always a good time to uh, see you and hang out with you. Uh, retirement planning events don't sound like fun, but these are kind of fun. Uh, do you have enough money in retirement? It's always like one of the things people need to, to ask themselves because when you do, you probably don't have to work till the day you die. Yeah, I mean, you hope so. And yeah, the, the events are always fun and they're sometimes a little bit scary at the same time because there's always those people that, um, you know, think they have enough and then, you know, we go over some of the issues uh, regarding taxes inflation and insurance and some of those things that, you know, you get hit with in retirement. And it can be a little bit scary, and you can't really figure out how much, you know, if you have enough saved up unless, number one, you get a budget. you got to know, you know, exactly what you're spending and what you're going to be spending the first few years of retirement because I see people spend more. And now is the perfect time to do this because people really also need to realize what their marginal tax bracket is, Rob, and that's basically the next dollar that you pull in, what's that dollar going to be taxed at? If you've got a guy that has, you know, they're retiring with two million bucks and most of it's in a four hundred one k, their tax bracket's a lot higher than somebody that's retiring with two million bucks, and they've got a mix of Roth, you know, taxable accounts and IRAs. So, depending on what you're going to have to pay Uncle Sam, we go through that event. You know, that determines how much do you really have net of taxes, and then, you know, insurance is just a nightmare in retirement too. That's that's another issue that, that people have to deal with. I don't like insurance pre-retirement. Uh, a lot to think about. Typically pre-retirement, you're like, uh, why am I paying this health insurance? I'm healthy. Why am I paying for home ownership? I don't live in a flood zone. A lot of people don't like it because of the salespeople. What's it, what is it about retirement, Chad, that insurance is a nightmare for you? Well, it, part of it is just to stop in the face of people getting, and a lot of times you know, people are forced into retirement. Um, okay. You know, Here's your severance, see you later, take an early retirement, otherwise you're just going to get downsized anyway. And so then they've got 
till 65 that they've got to pay for their own health insurance. And then after that, they think, oh, I'm going to get free health insurance on Medicare after 65. That's not the case. Um, you get Medicare Part A for free. Medicare Part B, you have to pay for And that comes right out of your Social Security check. And it's almost 116 bucks a month. If you have high income, it can be even more. There's a, a income testing limit on Medicare Part B. And even with Medicare A and B, you, you still don't have enough. You still have these huge co-pays and things like that. So people have to buy Medigap coverage. And when you're 65, that could be you know, 55 bucks a month if you're real healthy and doing a high deductible plan. But as you age, they become more expensive. So you, on average, you're going to spend about 150 bucks a month in Medigap insurance. And on, over your lifetime, most of this is going to come in your later years, you're going to spend about 175 bucks a month on prescription drugs. So when you retire at 65, you get Medicare, but you're still going to have about 500 bucks a month out of pocket uh, on a monthly basis of insurance costs um, just to have normal health insurance. That's not including long-term care, but just to have normal health insurance. And inflation's running a little over 3% now for the average family that buys groceries. Um, health insurance and costs are inflating by 5 to 6%. And Medicare Part B has been going up double digits on the rate. So it's something you have to be aware of because you kind of want to be the winner and bounce the last check you write the day you die at, you know, say age 100 rather than run out of money at 85 and have to sell your house or do a reverse mortgage. It's interesting that you bring all this up because when you do, Chad, and again, you and I do very, very different things, but yet we're kind of overlapping in a good area of trying to help people in retirement. Um, a lot of people don't know how ugly retirement can be. Like they may have parents or grandparents uh, that it was okay for, but it's not going to be as good for them. Social security is going to be a mess for me because of our age and because of how broke our country is. I expect to pay higher taxes than, you know, grandma did a couple months ago before she kicked the bucket. Uh, retirement can have a lot of negative twists, 10, 20, 30 years from now that we're still not even thinking about, like like long-term care. Uh, when I spoke at the Women's Visa Conference last week, because it was a group of women, I, I was like, pl- financial planning, I think, is more of a woman's issue than a man's issue, generally speaking, off the record, because a lot of men work till the day they die. They have a heart attack and just kick over. But women don't. They tend to live longer than men, and they tend to take care of the man because men tend to marry a little bit younger. So... To me, long-term care is, is more of an issue, and financial planning is more of a female issue than a male issue. I expect to work till the day I die. Well, I don't yeah, know if you I, do, but I do. I, you know, I really enjoy it. It's funny because people in my business often don't ever retire <laughs> until they they really ask you. I mean, my grandfather worked in the business until, you know, on a, almost a daily basis until he was almost 80 years old. His, his clients became his friends. So, but at the same time, the day he died, he was taking 17 pills a day. Um, he was, we were taking him to dialysis three times a week, um, and it wasn't, it wasn't the greatest last six months, you know. And he luckily had some good insurance coverage, but he wasn't able to get. By the time long-term care really came around, he wasn't able to get it. So one of my big concerns for them was, you know, if he was going to go in for three or four years. Um, you know, let's, because he had renal failure, let's say become diabetic and had to lose some limbs and things like that, they would have blown through a lot of retirement assets. And for his clients, the first part of my career, I had to do a lot of Medicaid planning where we're trying to protect the assets for the ill, the well spouse because the ill spouse needed nursing home coverage and Medicare doesn't cover it. And so we had to do all sorts of planning. And for every single one of those people, based on the facility they ended up in, 
sharing rooms and things like that. They should have probably bought long-term care insurance. And But even with that, even though I don't sell long-term care insurance, I'm a big believer of it for a lot of retirees, you're probably going to face some rate increases because it's a relatively new type of insurance. So if you get long-term care insurance now, you have to also project out in your, in your long-term retirement projections some increases in inflation on your your living expenses, five to six percent increases in uh, inflation on your health care costs, and have those projections run out over a long period of time because the value of the dollars cut in half about every eighteen years with inflation. That's something that has to be in your projections. With that said, you'll be at the event this weekend, this week, Thursday evening, talking more about it. You do a show live here Monday nights on KDOW AM twelve twenty. Uh, but Thursday, Gardens, Dinah's Garden End from 6 to 9. It's an evening event, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. Anything that you are going to highlight differently, anything new this time in your presentation about Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning? Well, you know, they, a little bit like we did about almost six weeks ago or so, the, the thing that concerns me out there is the hunt for yield that people are doing on their bond funds. They don't realize how much risk they're taking. Um, people forget about the corrections that we had. You know, if you look at last year, and the two, you know, 15 to 20% corrections we had. Coming up this year, we're, we're going into an earnings season here that could be flat to negative if you take out Apple. Um, and then the seasonality effect and what's going on in Spain, and, and really it's just, again, hammering home the idea of having a conservative stance, making sure you're, you're getting the dividends that increase, and also have a cushion built into your portfolio for the down years or the down periods of the market. It hasn't changed, Rob. We've been in this for almost 20 years now, and, and the strategy works. It's worked three times in the last decade, so we'll go over that. Okay, people can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. And again, listen to Chad Burton tonight on AM 1220 from 6 to 7 p.m. He does a financial planning show, and he talks uh, more eloquently for longer periods of time than I could do, possibly. Uh, and he's available to be listened to as well as meet in person on Thursday evening at Dinah's Garden Hotel. Thanks very much. Chad will be back next hour, uh, later in the show, almost at the end of the show. Uh, with that said, let's take a quick look at some of the market numbers and see how we're doing for the day. We've got the Dow down 128, the NASDAQ down 32, the S&P 500 down 16. Oil's down a, a buck 90, sitting at 101 a barrel. So stocks are sliding because Friday... The employment numbers weren't as healthy as we'd want them. We only created about 100,000 jobs. We wanted to create about 200,000 jobs. And uh, this morning, we get more bad news from an inter- on an international level. Sony's going to cut 10,000 jobs in an effort to get back to profitability where they want it to be. So uh, Sony spokesman, CEO Kazui Harai, holding a press release conference today. Restructuring by selling its chemical unit. They're also merging its LCD panel operation with Toshiba Itachi. More on this later. Your list, Rob Black, and your money on AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
There's different things that can push up the market, down the market. Some days you'll see oil move oil stocks higher, and that carries the market. Some days you'll see oil move lower, and that'll carry oil stocks lower, and that'll hurt the market. Today, if I had to put my finger on it, I would say that stocks are declining with treasury yields. As people are spooked due to the U.S. Labor Department missing expectations, people are doing a flight to safety. U.S. employers added 85,000 fewer jobs in March than economists had projected. Economy does continue to grow, but very, very slowly. U.S. jobs report presents a challenge that stocks have overcome nine times during the bull market that drove the S P 500 up 107% in the last three years. Will the S&P 500 shake this data off? Will this data, one month, not a trend, be able to reestablish itself as a higher trend? So Alcoa is a little bit higher today. They're scheduled to release their first quarter results tomorrow. They are the first Dow Jones Industrial Average company to report. AOL is up 42%. They've agreed to license some patents to Microsoft and a deal valued at about a billion dollars. Perhaps the beginning of the end for AOL. Sony is eliminating 10,000 jobs, 6% of their workforce. As many as 5,000 job cuts will come from reorganizing businesses, making chemicals and small and medium-sized panels. Job cuts, cuts are always a temporary fix for Sony. They're always a temporary fix. It's, Wall Street likes it short-term because it's called right-sizing. If you're losing money, labor is one of your biggest costs. Easy to chop. New CEO who's been credited with making the PlayStation game business profitable is bringing in a new team, and he's put himself in charge of Sony's TV businesses, which is forecast to lose money for an eighth consecutive year. In the 90s, Microsoft could do no wrong with personal computers and operating systems. In the 90s, Sony could do no wrong with televisions and music players. Now, 10-plus years later, they're just really not that relevant as far as growth goes. Microsoft has fared much, much, much better than Sony. But, you know, Microsoft has a, a, a battle ahead of themselves, which, for the record, we should talk a little bit about this. Uh, the iPhone, the next iPhone is going to be amazing, and we all know that. The buzz is growing in Asia, is speculation, the time of the launch. We're all starting to you know, get kind of excited about it. The iPhone 5 ramp for the December quarter could be extraordinary, dwarfing previous launches and driving the stock to that $1,000 level that so many people are starting to buzz about. But one analyst is out there today saying, you know, Apple's iPhone sales, they're going to hit a little bit tougher road this year because the phone companies like AT&T, they're tired of those get a free phone every two years deals. They want you to pay more. They don't want to subsidize it as much. You know, now it's a lot like the airlines. They would love to raise prices, but if one airline doesn't, everyone's going to be like, oh, we can't, we gotta, we got to go back down to the lower prices. So the carriers, AT&T, has some new policies in place that's going to shunt or stunt the pace of product upgrades. I don't know about you, but I can tell you, me, I've got a smartphone now that's two-plus years old, and I'm in no rush to go get a new one, even though my, my free phone's available as of you know, March or April this year. I, 
I'm going to bleed this one for all I can bleed it. So one analyst is saying this is finally going to be the year where the power shifts back to the service provider. But this analyst also says there's going to be no Apple TV this year. And he said the iPad's just not that relevant. In 2011, the iPad generated less than 50% of iPhone revenue. And that gap's going to widen. The Chinese market's promising, but ultimately it may be overrated for a while given the price of Apple products. So one analyst negative. You always got to look for negatives. So they get a rare downgrade today. What other stories do I have to hit Joe over the head with to make you see the light? Dow's down 126, the NASDAQ down 31, the SP 500 down 15. Oil's dropping to near about $102 a barrel ahead of the Iran nuclear talks. This could be market moving kind of content in the weeks to come. I think the market's correcting. I think it was overbought. I feel comfortable with that. I'm not spooked. I think the fundamentals are still in place for end of the year rally. Iran state television said negotiations with the U.S., China, Russia, France, Britain, and Germany are scheduled to begin Friday in Istanbul. Fears that an attack on Iran's nuclear facilities by Israel and the U.S. could disrupt global crude supplies. And that's been the story since September when oil was traded at $75 a barrel. Now it's traded at over $100 a barrel. So people around the world generally expect the U.S. or Israel to bomb Iran. I don't know if you're going to get that in election year from the United States. Financial stocks are dropping today pretty much so across the board. Bank of America, J.P. Morgan Chase, American Express. Oil stocks are pretty much so falling with the price of oil. ExxonMobil, Chevron. Another big decliner, Chesapeake Energy, off 2%. It's more of a natural gas play. Sherwin-Williams, producer of paints and coatings, lifted their first quarter expectations. We're not going to hell in a handbasket. I'm not going anywhere in a handbasket. I refuse. AT&T said they're going to sell two business units to an affiliate of Cerebrus Capital Management. Units being sold are AT&T Advertising and AT&T Interactive. We'll talk about this and more in the coming days, coming weeks, coming months. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up that you can sign up for at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Thursday night, Dinah's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto from 6 to 9. It's a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. Later this morning, I'm going to be sending out a newsletter if you'd like to get a free copy of it. It's always free. Uh, you can sign up for visitor sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. And you can find me online at robblack.com. You can find me at Twitter, Rob Black Show. You can find me on Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. You're listening to AM 1220, KDOW. This is my parents' Mercedes M-Class. And one day, I'll drive my kids to school in it. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black in Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. 
Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, finances, and more. Talking about retirement. If you listen to Friday's show, we talked to... It's kind of a strange show, to say the least. Talked a lot about, you know, starting your own business and things that you need to do to be successful. The second hour was a best of. Pretty good best of. You can learn more and relist the shows at kdow.biz, kdow.biz. They have podcasts available to the show, as does iTunes under Rob Black and Your Money. Rob Black and Your Money, they're free. I highly recommend uh, checking in on those best ofs on occasion. In large part, it just gives you a little bit of chance to see what's going on uh, outside the investment world. I'll say dumb phrases on occasion that help you understand money, invest in more, like take me out to the ball game. Don't take me out to the concession stand. It's that time of year again. We'll talk about that in just a minute. That time of year again means baseball. And uh, what's that mean for you? What's that mean for your uh, wealth? And much, much more. Uh, Let's take a quick look at the market numbers this morning. Got the Dow down 138, the NASDAQ down 30, the SP 500 down 16. Wall Street's tumbling. We're not really going much lower than where we started off. It's a reaction to the hiring slump in March that no one really paid attention to on Friday in large part because we're all good Friday in and up. You know a good-looking woman when she was younger? Uh, Anne Hathaway. She hasn't aged terribly well, and she wears incredibly dark lipstick, which is disconcerting. So, to say the least... She's kind of got a horsey face at times with the way she wears her makeup. I know you're saying horsey face. Trust me. Take a look at her and tell me if you don't think horsey face. So big companies, life is very, very good right now for big companies. They've emerged from the deepest recession since World War II. More productive, more profitable, flush with cash, less burdened by debt. That's one of the reasons I like where we are. Deep cost cutting is a good thing for earnings and Wall Street. It's a bad thing. For you and me who, you know, I'm not going to say want a free ride, but let's put it this way. I don't turn down a lot of free swag. So take me out of the ballpark. Don't take me to the concession stand. Um, there's a new app out there called Munchly. Munchly. It's a web application that allows baseball goers to order peanuts and Cracker Jacks directly to their seat. It's kind of cool, right? Caught in the middle of, do you want to get a snack, not get a snack? Do you want to wait in line, not wait in line? So there's a new web app called, or phone app called Munchly. Munchly. Uh, Something to think about. You know, concessions are expensive. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying uh, you're going to love it. There's more out there. Services like Seamless and Grubhub and Delivery. So much to think about. LinkedIn, publicly traded company, one of those quote-unquote Web 2.0, although there's now starting to come some pushback on saying Web 2.0. People just don't like it. LinkedIn is a marquee internet leader that changed the landscape of the staffing and talent acquisition market by leveraging social networking. I have a LinkedIn account. Feel free to send me an invite. I have no problem boosting that up. 
I also have a an account with Twitter, Rob Black Show. But the companies hit critical mass, one analyst wrote this morning, and competitors are unlikely to replicate it. Companies' proprietary platform enables the development of new applications that should drive engagement levels higher over the next several years. So they think they're getting a lot of conservative guidance, but they said the company's really expensive. So they're calling it a hold, even though they said no competition. It's kind of interesting, I think. I don't know. Trying desperately to make this work for you. Netflix uh, announced something this morning, trying to stay in the news. They're pulling back the curtain on a on the company. Now, if you use Netflix, it's a nice service. The DVD delivery is great. The streaming uh, television show is great. But one of the things that they do very well is recommendations. They've got an algorithm which is probably pretty complex. Uh, when Netflix displays rows of movies in those genres, it's personalizing its service three times, the choice of the genre itself, the subset of titles selected within that genre, and the ranking of those titles. They're starting to come up with some numbers to give us how much of it comes from recommendations, how much of our streaming. It's 75% from their recommendation engine. That's impressive. AOL said this morning that they're selling a billion dollars of their patents. At an investor conference this month, Armstrong, the CEO, Tim Armstrong, said that AOL has 700 to 800 really important patents, and about half of them are incredibly important for Internet users. Patent research you know, has gone you know, through AOL's portfolios, and you know, some of it, is pretty good stuff. A lot of the patents relate to fundamental online communication technologies stemming from AOL's early dominance of instant messaging and email markets. So they're doing a billion-dollar licensing deal with Microsoft. This is a situation where investors are going to say, hey, Apple, or not Apple, but hey, Yahoo, see what AOL is doing? You do it too. You've got patents. Let's just start doing something with them, guys. That's at least the thought right now. So headwinds on Wall Street. We're entering a, a dangerous earnings period. We're entering a period of there's not going to be a lot of fundamental great news that are released during the spring and summer. So do we sell down like we typically do? Or do we buck that trend for sign of good news? And another example of do you really, really want to be uh, a football player. Warren Sapp, who played uh, like 13 years in the NFL for Tampa and for the Oakland Raiders. He had 96 and a half sacks. People like Brett Favre were in fear of him. He is once again showing us that professional athletes, life after football, you're probably going to go bankrupt. That's pretty horrific. He was uh, tied toward domestic battery charges back in 2010. But right now, he's the IRS and the bankruptcy courts say that he owes about $6.7 million in child support and alimony. Amongst his losses were the championship ring he won at the University of Miami and the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers. 
So he's got something like 240 pairs of Jordan shoes. His average monthly income was reported at one point in time as 115861 bucks. So he's still got some cash flow coming in, but $6.7 million in debts, killing him. So another example of, you know, athletes gone bankrupt. How can you possibly go bankrupt when you're making that much money is, is the thought. And it, it's living beyond your ways and means. Having babies. Babies are expensive. Buying mansions. Taxes on mansions are expensive. Oh, we'll talk about this and more stuff in the coming days, weeks. Don't forget, I got an event coming up this week, Thursday evening, three nights from now, four nights from now, at the Dinah's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. It's a wealth preservation retirement planning event. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can follow me at Twitter, Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, Facebook group page, I Hate Rob Black. Take a break here, come back, take a look at an email or two. We'll find something to do, I'm sure, on AM 1220, KDOW. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. We have a down day on Wall Street, so we might as well focus on some other issues. Um, first and foremost, I got an email from Kelly. Now, Kelly's email comes way back. She filled out a form on my website looking for a financial planner. She's 42. Her husband is 45. I guess I should be patient here because maybe she's a he. You tend not to know when names like Kelly, right? So 42, 45, $75,000 self-directed IRA. That's good. $88,000 Roth IRA, $145,000 between the two of us in a 401k. $25,000 rainy day fund, $4,000 stock brokerage account. Okay, the stock brokerage account, I'll probably roll it into the Roth IRA and stop trying to buy stocks first and foremost. Listens to me every day. It's time I get some professional help. I have no time to actively manage my retirement. So you add this up and you see what? 140, dollars $125,000 for their age. That's about right. They're doing good. Check. Um, but not good enough to get a CFP, in large part because the age of 42, 45, really say and wait a little bit longer. You don't need to do it right now. You're still accumulated wealth. A lot of your wealth is in your 401k. A mistake that you can make right now is trying too hard to be too smart to manage when you still should be accumulating. For your funds in your 401k, I recommend financialengines.com or morningstar.com. That's for most people. They should go to morningstar.com, get a free two-week trial, start playing with their portfolio x-ray analyzer, and figure it out, you know, hey, maybe I need more international. Maybe I need, like, a lot of you own Apple, and you don't even know you own Apple. If you own the S&P 500, you own Apple. If you own a tech fund, you own Apple. If you own a growth fund, you own Apple. You need to see how much Apple you own, and are you comfortable with that? And Morningstar.com is a great way of doing it. 
the rainy day fund of two to six months, she had a lot of cash in rainy day fund, 25000 That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm not going to knock that. That's about right. That's maybe a little bit too much, but good. I don't think she needs a CFP, and I think it would be a mistake to get a CFP. Like I said, I think she could do it on her own. I think she needs to understand a little bit more about risk. She needs to question her insurance issues. There's a great financial planning group called Garrett Financial Network, and basically it's a woman named Cheryl Garrett who out of the Midwest uh, came up with the concept of, you know, I'm going to get together a lot of financial planners, and I'll send, I'll send, I'll go on CNBC, and I'll go on Good Morning America, and I'll make people watch me, and they'll come to my site, and when they do, I'll refer them to CFPs if they promise to use my system. It's not a bad. She does an hourly planning. Uh, that would certainly be, if you really want to say, like, what am I missing? Maybe it's insurance. Maybe it's disability insurance. Maybe it's life insurance. Maybe Kelly didn't tell me that she also has five kids, and there's college costs. So she asked me about an investment management group where they're talking about doing 12% leasing and real estate opportunities. If it sounds too good to be true, it's too good to be true. Typically, in scenarios like this, the company that you're suggesting, and I'm not going to mention their name, they're getting a big kickback for finding money. And I've never known anyone that put 12% into a real estate play or to put money into a real estate play and got 12% back. Be very careful looking for those too good to be true scenarios because, trust me, there's people who will sell them to you. Historically, the market's gotten 10%, bonds have gotten 6%, and real estate has gotten 5%. Historically, every year. With that said, how do you think you can get 12% safely in real estate? Come on, people. You cannot be this stupid. You can't be. Someone sent me an email, Joel, saying, wishing my team a great Easter. My team's the San Jose Sharks, so they made the playoffs. That's good. They got that going for them. But my team, I appreciate the comment, Joel, and I think you're talking about my friends and family. Uh, spent my Easter, just so everyone knows, with friends and family. Uh, cooked up a nice ham, some little side dishes, some uh, potatoes, sunshine, great weather, great location. Couldn't ask for anything more. Who could ask for anything more? Don't you wish you could sing a Broadway song, do a Broadway show? <laughs> no. The other day I mentioned that I love throw pillows and somebody emailed me and said, you really love throw pillows? And I really do. But I have no, no desire to be in a singing competition in any way, shape, or form or on a Broadway show. You know, Linda sent me an email and she goes, I love your show. I've had some tough financial decisions mostly regarding my home and what to do with it. I've made a lot of stupid mistakes in the past. I need a smart plan. I pay you for your advice. I'm not interested in moving money to someone. A lot of people made mistakes with real estate thinking it's going to continue. What it did from 2002 to 2006, it will never do again in our lifetime. Our lifetime is 40 years of, of making money from 20 to 60. If it does do it again, it'll probably be in a different part of the country. Like A lot of people don't realize like agricultural, when commodities shot up, farm prices shot up. It didn't coincide with the real estate bubble. It was a different bubble. With that said, 
history doesn't repeat itself too often the same way, exact way. Not in your, your area of time, not in your time frame. I love real estate for a tax write-off. I hate it as an investment. I love it as a liability that lowers my taxes. If the government ever takes that away, housing's going to collapse. It'll be another rough time because there's a lot of people out there like me who appreciate I, I would live in a cardboard box if I've got a, a lovely, sexy, young uh, woman who loves me for who I am and not for the, the palatial estate. I'd live in a cardboard box. I'm joking a little bit, but you don't need a big house to define who you are. And uh, with, like, for instance, in California, the schools are getting worse and worse. Just we know that the California budget's saying more, more students, fewer teachers. As that continues, a lot of people are going to say, "You know what? I want to move our kids to Denver. We got a better school system. I want to move our kids to Washington D.C. The better school system. I want to move our kids to Boston. Better school system." You don't have to pay the the ridiculously high sales tax in California. You don't have to pay the ridiculously high income tax in California. Oh, good God. What else do we need to know? Big seminar coming up this weekend. Or not this weekend, this Thursday. What's wrong with me? Have I had a stroke? No. Going to be Dinah's Garden Hotel Thursday evening. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. To do that from six to nine. These are always good events. Looking for somebody to do dinner with before, but I haven't set that up yet. So I got open time on Thursday. You listen to Rob Black and your money. You can find out about, about that seminar at robblack.com. Robblack.com. I dig you people. Have a good day. We still got more show to go on AM 1220, KDOW. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Lawyers, Guns, and Money, a song by Warren Zevon. Closing track on his Excitable Boy album from 1978. One of the things I hate about Steve Jobs is I think the album is pretty much so dead and gone. I think hits, single songs, are here to stay. Pay 99 cents for a song you like versus 9 bucks for an album or 15 bucks. Um, it's just, it's the ecology, it's changed. The lyrics describe going home with a waitress who is with the Russians too. The narrative talks about gambling in Havana. Request that dad send lawyers guns and money to get me out of this. It's kind of funny when you start piecing together Russian, Savannah. Lyrics claim that the speaker is an innocent bystander who's down on his luck. In the end, the narrative says the speaker is hiding in Honduras and that he's a desperate man. Send lawyers guns and money because the, well, I can't say that word, has hit the fan. 
Can't that song wouldn't sell today. It's a great song, but it wouldn't sell today. How much life insurance do you need is a big question that I see people make huge mistakes on. Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton, how are you, Mr. Burton? Doing great for a Monday, right? Absolutely. Tell me a little bit. Oh, doing great for a moon day. Even Apple's down today. They're having a tough moon day. Yeah, well, it's a little seasonality in the market going through. Well, you know, Apple's earnings are going to be the ones that really kind of bolster the S&P 500 to stay in a positive earnings growth territory for this quarter. Okay. I'm with you on that. And some people are starting to think Apple, this is the last great quarter by Apple because the phone carriers are going to start demanding uh, less subsidy. So just throw that out there for you. Um, I got an email in the last segment that I want to get your quick opinion on. It was from a woman named Kelly. And one of the things that, you know, she's she doesn't quite need the CFP. Did you hear the, did you hear the segment? I didn't, know. Okay. Um, basically, yeah. She's 42, husband's 45. They've got about 150000 in Roth and traditional IRAs, about 150000 in a 401k between the two of them, $25,000 any funds. So they're doing great. They're doing good for their age. Could be doing better. But one of the, her questions was that someone had promised 12% returns on a real estate and leasing opportunity. Now, as a financial planner, you don't sell product like real estate and leasing opportunities. What is a real estate and leasing opportunity, and what do you feel about them? Well, <laughs> here's the deal. I've never seen one of these private REITs or private real estate investment deals or trust deed investing. I've never seen a long-term success story in these things. Uh, I just hear or have to deal with helping people fix the mess that they've created Thing. So nobody can promise that. It's illegal to promise that type of return. It's absolutely illegal. The only people that can say guarantee in their returns are, you know, CDs and government treasuries. Nobody else can say that. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable that, that this stuff still goes on in the industry with all of the Ponzi schemes that we've dealt with. And, I mean, here's the deal. In this current interest rate environment, if you've got bonds paying over 3.5%, you're taking more risk than you know. Because it's a very low interest rate environment, period. And to get more guaranteed returns than that, it means leverage. With that said, uh, people continue to surprise me. I told you that a, a smart, attractive, intelligent person from the Visa conference reached out to me, and she said, what do you think about Kiyosaka's wife doing a, a rich woman seminar and I'm like are you kidding me like don't you're not lumping me in that are you like people look at financial planning what you do is incredibly dull what a financial analyst does is incredibly dull it, it's people look at it still and they still look for the witch doctor they still look for the person who can do it sooner and faster to create wealth I'm stunned by that Chad in this day and age bright articulate young woman looking for shortcuts well I mean it's the search for the Holy Grail continued. I mean, it's been going on for centuries. Everybody I, got the, I got the Holy Grail. You got it? You found it? Yeah, it's in a basement. No. Don't tell anyone. It? <laughs> okay, but back to you. Drink, Rob. <laughs> it was a long weekend. Right, that's right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, it, people find new ways to sell seminars and sell software all the time. It's, 
I mean, if we if we think back on, you know, those those types of seminars that people have to pay to get into, um, both you and I have quit radio shows and quit stations as a result of those types of sales deals, um, because we both know that people waste money on that left and right. We've met people over the years that have wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on software, only to find that, you know, the way to, to get there is to save diligently, to continue to use asset allocation, to have balanced portfolios and rebalance at least once a year. I mean, it's it takes homework, but there's no silver bullet out there. There, there really isn't. And leveraging in real estate works if you're doing a traditional, you know, 30-year mortgage. And there are returns out there that people can get rental properties and get that, you know, 8 to 10% type of cash flow numbers. But it's leverage. It's extra risk. It's a lot of homework, and it's time-consuming. And you got to find a good property manager and things like that. I've never seen a real estate deal go well when people invest with a bunch of other partners that they don't really know. The only time that works is when you're just buying regular REITs on the stock exchange, and even the yields on those are pretty low right now. So what else do I need to know if I wasn't talking to you, the, the guru of financial planning? Well, you know, this all comes down to, you know, how you invest when you're younger to what we're talking about on Thursday night, which is, is it time to retire? Are you ready to retire? Have you saved enough? What type of growth, you know, expectations do you have in retirement? How do you project how much your money is going to earn so you can project how long your money is going to last? Last thing we were talking about the last hour, the expenses in retirement, um, how people that retire with 100% of their money in retirement accounts, like 401ks and IRAs, they really have to know what their tax consequences are. Because a guy that retires with a couple million bucks and, and uh, to have enough money to last till they're age 100 in a 401k, that's all pre-tax versus somebody that has 401k Roth and taxable accounts. Knowing your tax bracket and how to project that forward is very important. Um, and some of the other expenses, Rob, to, to hit on that, that you've got to think about when you're building your expense sheet for retirement to figure out if you've had, if you have enough, is, number one, you're going to live longer than you think. Um, people are living until they're 100 years old, you know, quite often. Um, in your living expenses, you've got to include your health care costs for Medicare B and supplemental and all that, about 500 bucks a month. So long-term care insurance and dental costs is another one that hits people in retirement that they don't think about. Vacations. What type of vacations do you want? Have you really taken one lately to know how much they truly cost now? People, you know, they typically want to retire. And I don't know what you want to do when you retire, Robert. Um, I've worked in this business for 20 years. I haven't done a lot of world traveling. I've got three children. When my knees are done and I can't snowboard on a weekly basis anymore, I'm going to be hitting the, hitting the world travel. I'm going to build a fat vacation budget into my retirement expenses. And vacations are always more expensive than you want them to be. Um, with that said, what I want to do in retirement is sell oranges on the beach. Which one? I don't know yet, but that's my goal. Sell oranges on the beach. All right. I like it. it, it I know it sounds ridiculous, but uh, I don't know. You could probably you know, get a markup of almost 100% is my guess. And so you're going to need uh, a big car in retirement then, right? Because you're going to have to carry all of your oranges. And that's the other thing is that a couple other things that people don't think about is in retirement, it's not as often anymore because you're probably not driving as much, but you're still going to need a new car every 10 to 15 years. You're going to have, uh, you know, home maintenance. That's a big one that gets people robbed as they retire. And let's say 10 years into retirement, you got to put a new roof on the house because of termites or something else like that, and you need $25,000 to put a new roof on. Well, you might have to pull 50 out of your 401K to net the right amount of money after tax to put the new roof on. So that's 
a big expense that people really have to project for. Are you happy that the artist Thomas Kincaid died? Am I happy? No, because I don't own any of his paintings. <laughs> so. He's a pretty awful painter. <laughs> I, don't mean, I don't mean to diss on him, but I'm actually kind of happy that he's dead, but I don't own any of his art either. Yeah, I haven't got to that phase in life where I'm collecting art yet, but I have a lot of clients that do, and they've actually been pretty successful at it. Yeah, um, I just bad artists just ruin it for everyone. It's like bad financial planners ruin it for everyone. Uh, Bernie Madoff, what he did to the, the image of Wall Street, I honestly thought he should have been ex- executed because he hurt the image of saving for retirement, which I think is one of the most important images we need to have out there. Uh, I mean, uh, frankly, aren't you surprised that he wasn't? He basically terminated before he even went to jail. It blows me away. Oh, by what, yeah, in one of his clients? What, in a sense that, you know, what he did, yeah, in what he did, he did it on such a grand scale that now if people are talking about it and they're aware of it. And one of the big things is that that just doesn't happen when people give, when as long as the advisor uses a custodian like Schwab or TD Ameritrade or, or uh, you know, an intermediary, an actual brokerage that's a custodian, so that you're writing checks to the brokerage firm, not the advisor, that, that kind of thing doesn't really happen. It doesn't about happen. 30 seconds. Anything you want to mention about the seminar coming up Thursday evening at Dinah's Garden Hotel? Yeah, it's all about how you end up setting up your portfolio to create income, the 357 strategy that I talk about. But over the next couple of days as we lead up to it, um, tomorrow I'll give kind of specific examples of what projection, what rates of return you use to predict how long your money is going to last and why I use them. Sounds good. That's Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. He will be at the event Thursday evening from 6 to 9 at Dinah's Garden Hotel in Palo Alto. Great location, great parking, uh, good bar right next to it, great restaurant if you want to eat before you, you come to the event. It's Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.